the This Is In The Bible podcast. My name is Rachel Charday, and I am your host. Growing up, I would hear my dad say, Rachel, everything is in the Bible. And I would say, okay, dad, it's the holiest of holiest of holiest books in the world. Like, everything ain't up in there. Like, there's some things around this world that are not up in that Bible. And here we are. I am going to share with you some of the crazy, shocking things that I have found that are in the Bible. So what I want you to do is grab your Bible as we take a journey that will have you saying, this is in the Bible. All right, guys, let's start in Genesis chapter 38. This is a story about my girl Tamar. Well, I don't know if she really my girl. Is she really noble enough to be my girl? Okay, let's just say this is about a girl named Tamar and a guy named Judah, okay? So Judah is Tamar's father-in-law, but we're going to get to all of them details in a second. And Tamar is Judah's daughter-in-law, but she may change by the end of the story of who she is to Judah. But I'm giving too much away already. So I hope you got your Bibles. All right, let's turn to chapter 38 of Genesis, and we're going to start in verse 6. Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Okay, so let's pause the story already. Judah went out to get a wife for his son Ur, and he found this girl named Tamar. She probably looking bad, too. He's like, you know what? She'd be great for my son, Ur, my firstborn. Ur, you know, my firstborn. I just love so much. I'm going to get this girl, Tamar, for my firstborn, Ur. Okay? Judah went out and found Tamar for his firstborn, Ur. Verse 7. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight. So the Lord put him to death. All snap, y'all. I don't necessarily know what Ur was doing for the Lord to have to put him to death. But I'm like, goodness sake, what was you doing? Also, we don't necessarily know how wicked he was to Tamar. But, I mean, she has to be in distress like her husband just died. He might have been abusing her. He might have been cussing her out in whatever language they were speaking back then. He might have been um, cheating on her. I don't know what that man was doing. But he was evil enough for the Lord to be like, eh, you got to go, okay? Let's keep reading. Verse 8, then Judah said to Onan, sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the child would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled the semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring for his brother. Yo, this verse right here, okay? First of all, Onan, you a hater, okay? How you gonna purposely not have offspring for your brother as if this is not tradition second of all judah why you come to onan as if this was some noble thing that onan was you knew how you knew how onan rode like like he was gonna be so noble and be like you know what i'm gonna fulfill the duty of my big brother i got you judah no he's not gonna do that onan you trash bro and third of all y'all the word semen is in the bible okay the first time i read this i'm like oh my gosh this is in the Bible. The word semen is in the Bible. I'm like, I'm perplexed, okay? Onan, you trash, bro. But you know what I'm saying? You ain't my brother. That's what I know. Let's keep reading. Verse 10. 
What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight. So the Lord put him to death also. Bam, Onan. I ain't going to say that's what you get. But I mean, I know somebody else that probably thinks that way, but not me. But I'm just saying, though, the Lord put you straight up to death because you was playing Tamar. OK, how was you out here doing your do and then letting the semen just go out saying, no, you're supposed to be doing. OK, I calm, I calm down. I calm down. Onan, I'm sorry that you died, bro, but that was your own decision. Let's keep going. Verse 11. Judah then said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, live as a widow in your father's household until my son Shelah grows up. For he thought he may die too, just like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's household. So Judah like, yo, I need you, Tamar, to go home, you know, to your father's house. But I'm going to give you. You know what I'm saying? I got this I got this third son, Shella. Wink, wink. I'm going to give you him when he get older. Wink, wink. You can marry him and y'all can have offspring. You know, it's not like two of my other sons already died after they married you. But we ain't finna go there. Like, you know, I'm going to give you Shella when he grows up. So Tamar being the good, you know, daughter-in-law that she is, she, you know, off to, the, off to her father's house she goes. So some time goes by, time goes by, and Judah's wife dies. Now, granted, I don't necessarily know if it was because she was wicked like her older two sons, but it does say that she died. So I don't know if it was, you know, her time because the Lord called her back to glory, as we like to say in the black church, or, you know, she just might have been wicked. They got to get it from somewhere. I don't know. All I know is that Judah's still alive and she not. Okay, once again, I'm, I'm plugging myself into this story. I don't know. But we do know in verse uh, 12, it says that Judah goes down to Timnah to shear his sheep. Let's pick up in verse 13. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep. She took off her widow's clothes, covered herself in a veil, disguising herself. Mm. Okay. And then she sat down at the entrance of Enam, which was on the road to Timnah. For she saw that those Shela had now grown up and she had not had been given him to be his wife y'all so she come down to to timna or to to enam which is on the way to timna and she just waiting waiting when i'm just chilling you know see what's about to pop off and she see this fine young stallioner walking past like wait ain't that shella why am i not his wife yet ain't that oh okay judah I see what we on, Judah. Okay. I got you, bro. Verse 15. Then Judah saw her and he thought she was a prostitute. See, that's that's your problem, Judah. You thought she was a prostitute. For she had covered her face. Not realizing it that she was his daughter-in-law, he went over to her on the roadside and said, come now. Let me sleep with you. See, we ain't even got no conversation started. Ain't no, hey, girl, what's your name? Can I take you out to dinner first? Can I buy you these flowers? That man said, come now, let me sleep with you. And what will you give me for sleeping with you? She says, I'll send you a young goat for my flock, he said. Will you give me something as a pledge until you send it? She says, she's setting that man up, y'all. That's why she ain't my girl, because, you know, my peoples don't grow like that. But she's still a girl, okay? He said, what pledge should I give you? He getting excited. Your seal? And it's cord and the staff in your hand, she answered. So he gave them to her and he slept with her and she became pregnant by him. Y'all, this is in the Bible. 
This whole twist of a story is in the Bible. Okay. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, this story first had me like this lady just had sex with her father-in-law or she done got pregnant by this man. Oh, my goodness. And he don't even know who she is. Let's keep going. 19. After she left, she took off her veil and put on the widow's clothes again. She knows what she did. Verse 20. Meanwhile, Judah sent a young goat by his friend, Adulamite. Ooh, okay. I said it right. Adulamite. In order to get his pledge back from the woman. But he did not find her. He asked the men who lived there, where is that shrine prostitute that was beside the road in Enoch? There hasn't been a shrine prostitute here, they said. Yeah, because she don't exist. She really Tamar, but y'all don't know that. Let's keep going. So he went back to Judah and said, I didn't find her. Besides, the men who lived there said there hasn't been a shrine prostitute here. Then Judah said, let her keep what she has or we will become the laughing stock. After all, I did send this young goat, but you didn't find her. So Judah like, I mean, we did what I said I was going to do. But you ain't find her. She ain't there. Just let her keep what she got. You know what I'm saying? Because if if it does come out, we're going to be the laughing stock that. And I'm sure his friend Adulamite is like, bro, what you mean we? You was the one that had sex with her. You was the one that left your staff and everything else with her. How you, how we going to be a laughing stock, bro? You going to be a laughing stock. But you know what I'm saying? I'm putting words in Adulamite's mouth. So maybe, maybe he not. Maybe he like, okay, we will be. Maybe he, maybe not. But me, Rachel, would be standing there like, Bro, we ain't going to be nothing. It's going to be you. You're going to be the dumb one. Anyway, let's keep going. About three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of prostitution. And as a result, she is now pregnant. Mm. He finding out, y'all, she was pregnant. Judah said, bring her out here. Have her burned to death. Judah, you trash just like your son Onan and Er. Okay, I'm I'm jumping ahead. I'm just going to keep going. Verse 25. As she was being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by the man who owns these, she says. And she handed them over. See if you recognize the seal and the cord and the staff these are. Y'all know he recognized them. Because they his. Let's keep going. Judah recognized them mm-hmm, and said, she is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her my son, Shella. And he did not sleep with her again. Because you trash Judah are her playing with that girl. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. Ain't that just like the Lord for him to lose two kids and get two more just that quick? Man... Let me tell y'all something. This story right here is a whole Netflix original. Okay. Multiple times. I'm like, this is in the Bible. This man out here like, kill her. Kill her. What's she out here prostituting for? She out here pregnant by somebody else. She ain't married to Shella. Oh, man, her already dead. So who she, who she out here is having sex with? How she pregnant? Kill her. Come to find out. It's you, sucker. Tamar like, yo, mm-hmm, I'm pregnant by this person. She could have been like, I'm pregnant by uh, Judah. No, she was like, I'm pregnant by the person who owns these. You figure it out. Mm, okay, I'm going to sit and wait. Thank you. To think, though, 
these people, y'all, are in Jesus's lineage. Literally, these are his family members. These are people in his family. Not like, oh, this is just somebody in the Bible. This is good illustrations that we can use for this and this and that. These are people in Jesus's family. Okay? The offspring of the offspring of the offspring of the offspring of the offspring is Jesus. Okay? I'm sure there's some more generations in there than what I just said. But what I want you guys to know is that despite this whole family drama and despite this whole messiness of this family, Jesus is still a part of their family and he still loves them and he's still providing for them. Here's the thing, you guys. God loves you in your mess and the mess in your family and the mess in your marriage and the mess you have with your kids. He is still in the midst of it. He still wants to be a part of it and he still is redeeming it. Can you imagine Shella and Tamar and them twins and Judah at the family reunion? Come on, come on, uh, twin one and twin two. I forgot their names. Twin one and twin two. Meet your uncle, your uncle, brother, Shella, who should have been your daddy, but he was playing because your granddaddy. No, he's not your granddaddy. He's actually your real daddy. All, it's a mess, y'all. A whole mess. And these people are part of Jesus's family. I, my life ain't that messy. And I'm still rejoicing that the Lord is part of my family. So to know that he is still a part of this messiness. He's still in that messiness and he's here to redeem it. How much true is that for you and your family and your life? What I want you also to know is that God sees you. He saw Tamar getting used and abused by Onan and Ur and Judah. And yet he still gave her these babies. Yes, we know Tamar is low-key messy for doing what she did. And changing her clothes and going down, knowing that, you know what I'm saying, such and such is on his way. That's why I told you she ain't my girl, because we don't roll like that. But still, the Lord saw her. He knew her. He remembered her and gave her two boys. Not just one, but two. Gave her twin boys. And how much does he see you? Y'all, I remember this story one time. Apollos was four months old. And we are headed to New York for the weekend to see my mom's family and whoop de woo. And we get a layover in Chicago. And granted, the layover is supposed to be like 40 minutes. And I was like, I got this. You know, we're going to get off the plane, change Apollos' diaper, maybe feed him. And we'll jump back on our next plane off to New York to see the family. Y'all, when I tell you we got off that plane, got this text message, your plane has been delayed. What you mean delayed? Oh, our next flight is not until 12. I'm like, oh, wow, this is turning into a six hour delay. Oh, okay, I wasn't prepared for this, but okay, we're we gonna make it work. I'm gonna be intentional. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, walk around this airport with Apollos. We're gonna get some exercising in. We're gonna talk to some strangers about the Lord. We even went to chapel, y'all. Do y'all know they have chapels? In the airports, we went to a whole chapel service. Me and Apollos, that's it. Us and the pastor was up in there. All right, 12 o'clock rolls around, delayed again, and delayed again, and delayed again. And now we're on standby. So it's like there are flights going out, but we're just the next ones on the list. We're like on number 16. Now, at this point, I'm like, yo, this is not looking good. 
we're not probably going to leave here until 7 p.m. Making this now 40 minute layover, 11 hours with a four month old baby. (laughs) First time I'm flying with the baby, y'all. I wasn't ready. So I remember texting my friends and just being like, hey, y'all, just, you know, pray for me. A little overwhelmed that, you know, this 40 minutes and turn to 11 hours and I'm only going for the weekend. So this kind of just took my whole day with my family. Got to come right back. Right. And all of a sudden, this lady comes up next to me and she she sits next to me and she's like, hey, I just want you to know I have four grand boys, grand boys, grandsons, and I can be your grandma for this trip, like for this for this next few hours, whatever. If you need me, I can be your spiritual grandmother. Y'all, the girl as in me, your girl started boo hoo crying. That ain't even me. But I knew I absolutely knew that the Lord saw me and I absolutely knew that he was with me. And that wasn't even like a it wasn't even like, oh, I forgot that the Lord knew me. But he could have provided it other ways. He could have just been like, hey, I just, you know, I knew I had people praying for me. I knew this situation could be way worse than what it was. Apollos could be clowning. Granted, I had to change his diaper and his clothes about three times because he blew him out because I was weaning no gutter. But the situation could be way worse. But the way in which that the Lord provided this lady was I see my daughter. I see you, girl, and I'm going to help you. And y'all, I was boohoo crying. The lady came, she bought me food as if I didn't have money to buy food, but I just forgot to eat. Like I was just so overwhelmed. She brought me food. She bought me water. She was hanging with Apollos. And it was just what I needed in that moment that I didn't even think I needed. I just needed some prayer. I thought I needed some prayer and just something to make the time go by. But the Lord saw fit that to say like, Rachel, girl, I see you. And I love you. And I'm going to help you with this random stranger. I'm going to help you. And he sees you. So the same thing is true for you guys. Although Tamar took matters into her own hands and Judah was trash and Ur was trash and Onan was trash. He still saw her. He still saw fit for her to have these kids and for her lineage to continue all the way to Jesus. All the way to Jesus. This messiness is in Jesus' family, y'all. And you are as well. The Lord wants to be around you. He wants to help you in your messiness. He wants to be right there in it. He's not standing far back and being like, okay, when they get it a little bit better, I'm going to step in. He's not saying, okay, when they they figure this out, all right, now that's when I'm going to step in and I'm going to help them out. Y'all, when I was in the airport, I was stressed. I was overwhelmed, didn't even think about eating. And the Lord was like, I know how I want to provide for her. But here's the thing, you guys, we have to be able to receive those things. If that lady came over, hey, Rachel, or hey, such and or hey, stranger for her, I can be your spiritual grandma for the next few hours. I could have easily been like, no, ma'am, I don't know you get away from me. And I'm now rejecting the blessing that the Lord has given me. And how many times do we do that? No, I got it. No, I can do it. No, I'm going to figure it out. And the Lord is like, I'm, I'm providing for you, though. I got you. So I wanted to encourage you guys, whatever the mess may be in your life, whether it's your family, your children, your husbands, your wives, your job, 
school, whatever it may be, the Lord is in the midst of it and he wants to help you. So receive it. Open your hands and receive it. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are in the midst of our messiness, that you care, that you love, and that you are with us. Lord, that you you said that you will never leave us nor forsake us. That, Lord, we may feel like the wicked people in the story, in your word, like Ur or Onan. Or, Father, we may feel like Judah. Or we may feel like Tamar, who has been beaten and abused and used. But, Father, we thank you that you see fit to still be with them. To deal with them according to you and your justice. Lord, we thank you that you love unconditionally. That, Father, we don't have to fear in our wickedness um, for death to come upon us, Lord. Because you died, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for um, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Lord. I thank you that you don't condemn us, that you don't shame us, that, you, Lord, you call us your own. You call us a part of your family, despite what our messiness looks like, just like Tamar and Judah. And Lord, I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for every woman and man that is listening. Lord, I ask that you just bless them, that they are able to receive the things that you are trying to help them with, the things that you are trying to receive, help them to open up and hear you and see you and know that it is you. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, we will continue. We as in me and the Holy Spirit and this microphone will continue to find more scriptures that have you saying this is in the Bible. Check back on the next episode. Love y'all.